Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Good morning, punters, and welcome to the Friday Form Panel. Gareth left something in here a moment ago. He says hi as well, Gareth. The great Gareth Hall uh, wanted to catch up and say g'day to you, Dan. So, um, hi, Dan, from Gareth. <laughs> Good on you. Thanks, Jason. Good morning to you. And, yes, he's a, he's a great ma- man, Gareth, and um, I'm hoping I'll catch up with him soon. Um, great card again here and some challenges along the way, but that's what we enjoy. It's a problem-solving exercise every single week trying to find the winners and to do the form. Are you feeling good about the prices that you've seen over the last, uh, let's say, 12 to 14 hours? Look, there's a couple of races, no doubt. Um, a couple of other races where horses are a little bit shorter than than I had expected. But as you said, we're, we're usually better for the chat this morning. And um, I'm sure we can add another 20% of whether it's confidence or something that can resonate between both of us uh, for the car because a couple of really tricky races and a, and a, and a few that, are, that look straightforward. Now, the Brussels sprouts of this meeting, in my opinion, the, the races one and ten, they're, they're normally, they're, they're normally uh, you, need a, you need a couple of Panadol and a little bit of codeine and maybe a touch of Neurofin as well. Don't overdo it, but just make sure that things are okay in the, in the migraine space. Normally with the first and the last, the bookends at Tabcourt Park, Melton on a Saturday night. And the other very hard race that I found was race six, but I'm hoping I've found one there. But this first event... Um, these these old school M1s, one Metro win races, um, particularly when you've still got the emergency in the field as favourite, uh, it's very, mm. very tricky to work out exactly where they're going to land from a price perspective. But who did you have as the likely uh, or, or the winning, the possible winning brigade, Dan? Yeah, you're right. Look, it's a very open field. There's no doubt about that. And and Shady, as as an emergency, it's, it's very difficult to have uh, it included... Um, knowing that's unlikely to get a run and uh, and changes up the market now uh, as well, doesn't it, with deductions and the like. But um, regardless of whether Shady Az gets a run or not, I'm, I'm keen on a horse here. I'm going to make a horse in this race my uh, best. Um, well, now that I've seen the price, it's going to be my best value bet for the night. Um, the draw's good. It was very unlucky last start, but it was enough to convince me that it's back and it's ready to win one. And, and this is its chance. And its name is Major Delico, number two. Um, I just think he's spot on. Rod Petrov has this fellow now, and he was really stiff last start. You know, some horses are unlucky uh, for whatever reason, um, and he was particularly so. What he has got is enough gate speed to uh, to be able to lead or or be on the pegs, and, and that's critical, I think. He's each way odds and um, attractive at that price, and, and I'm very keen. Each way, number two, Major Delico. Now, naturally, I'm thinking that Major Delico might be able to work its way to the lead or, or or at least be leaders back, be on the pegs. I think Hayden Bromack's going better than his figure form suggests, so 
he should get a good run. He, he can often finish off his race as well, and I think he'll get the right run. Uh, so I think he's uh, way over the odds, particularly from a place perspective, a, a perspective that you often pick out and uh, and find value with a with a horse at odds for a place. And I think he's one of those, Hayden Bromack. Uh, Lombo Heaven was good from behind last week. What did you say was terrific from a backline draw, but he's got to have to do it just as tough, which means he's probably going to have to go a length and a half better, which is going to be very hard to do. Two, very keen each way from one, 10, 12. There's a heap of other horses that I considered putting in uh, as chances. Vanquish Stride's one who looks uh, well-placed. Uh, naturally, Shady As is in the mix. But even at the price Shady As is at the moment, I think it's way unders. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, for the good of everyone, apart from Aaron Dunn maybe, but I think you can win the last race with Shady As. I hope it doesn't. It doesn't stay in the field because I generally do the form. Even though you know the emergency's there, I, I, I tend to visualise the race without it because the likely scenario is it won't get a run. And you have given me significant extra confidence here because I had Major Delico on top. But to be honest, it was one of those races I was going through time and time again going, do I really want Major Delico on top? But I, I, I know mm. that was my initial impression and then I've dug deep and I, I agree with everything you've said, gate speed, um, has options, I think, can lead all the way here. But if the pressure is brought to bear, then Rocket Petrov has got the option of handing up to an appropriate rival. It looks like a perfect scenario. I think the hardest thing about this race, so I had either as unlucky or black bookers last start, all of these runners in this race, Major Delico, Meserati, Sheffield Sparky, Vanquish Stride, Bud Sidewinder, Magic Mike, Hurricane Hustler was wonderful in easier grade, uh, winning in 55 and change over the middle trip last time out. Lombo Heaven didn't have much luck, and what Stanley got was outstanding. So that's that's what we're dealing with here, that they're um, they're, they're, they're mostly all going well. Then you've got Hayden Bromack, you've already mentioned Dan, who's got the gun draw. Um, you've got Foolish Pleasure, who's maybe got a class edge on some of these, and what did you say? There was nothing wrong with its run either. So, But I, I'm, with, I'm with you. I was watching that replay and there's some horses that are sort of held up, and we saw it, I reckon, in the same race, if you recall, with Arden Roanoke was in the same race, and I think everyone saw Arden Roanoke's, um, uh, was bereft of fortune, but it actually got out a little bit in the last mm. 50, 70 metres and didn't do anything. Major Delico was literally swinging in like it was track work at the end of that race, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It was hard to miss. Uh, and probably what helps uh, a little bit as far as a price perspective is uh, he's still early on in his preparation and his figure form doesn't look that fantastic. But the draw is significant. Remember, it's new stable as well. We've got to bear that in mind. So Rod Petro's still working the horse out. Um, but he also might be quite straightforward. The thing is, if he drew barrier 13, we'd probably still think he's some sort of a hope but needs luck. But from barrier number two, he can make his own. And I'll tell you the other thing that I... Because uh, I, when I was digging deep, almost trying to convince myself um, whether uh, whether I was on the right or wrong track or trying to convince myself out of Major Delico, weirdly, which I, I know I didn't have to do now based on what we're talking about. But Major Delico, when he does hold the lead over a middle trip, has that's happened eight times in his career for five wins and two placings. There was something in the back of my mind about Major Delico that he was a miler and, um, and, and could squib it a little bit, but the stats don't tell you that. Eight starts over a middle trip when he's led, five wins and two placings. Between us, we've now talked Major Delico into the fact that it should be about $2.90 tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow night between Dan Malecki and I. Um, we'll get stuck into the remaining races in just a moment. We've got eight more to go. I'm interested, very interested, 
in Dan Malecki's thoughts on race two, because this was another tricky affair. I think the class drawn off the second row. Former Group 1 winner Sangreal has got the pole. Again, another race where I think a lot of them are going well. Friday form panel, SEN track, back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN track. Text us on 0499 736 736. That's the banger. Forget me by Lewis Capaldi. Jeez, I've thrashed it over the last few days. Given an absolute high to get home. Right, we run one race down Friday form panel looking at the nine events at Vicarnas headquarters tomorrow night on Trots Vision. Dan Lecky will be doing the calling. Kirsten Graham will join me on the desk and we'll have plenty of fun and frivolity. And I think we'll be talking about uh, Prostate Cancer Awareness Month as well. But for now, we've got to find out who the winner is in race two. And this market, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything nefarious is at play, but once again, it's disturbingly similar to mine. So I can't find a lot of value, unfortunately, here. Although I thought to myself when I marked Powder Keg at $2.80, you know, sometimes you mark a sort of price, Dan, and you mark it, but you'd be happy to take it. Sometimes you mark a, pr- a favourite at a certain price, but you wouldn't be able to take that price for whatever reason. Mm. Well, I'm happy to take Two dollars eighty about, uh, or two dollars ninety now about powder keg, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're in the same boat. Oh no, I'm no. in a different boat. <clears throat> I'm in the I'm in the little dinghy that's uh, <laughs> attached to the main boat. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I actually, he's that sort of horse that I agree with you. If he was five dollars and you thought I could play him each way, because he's going well. I mean, you can find some really decent form about a really good horse. Let's face it, but he just it's getting a longer gap between uh, wins. It's the right sort of a race for him, but no, I didn't think that that price was attractive enough. I, I think on uh, on ability or best form, uh, it's a race that he can win. Uh, taking the price uh, factor out of it, uh, that he he looks well placed, and I think he's going well enough that he he should be winning a race soon. But no, I didn't think at those sorts of odds. Um, I look, I thought it was a very challenging race. Uh, there's not many horses that I can put the pen through here at least from running into the top four. Um, not sure I've gone the right way or even read the race right, but I, look, I think Sangreal uh, can't be underestimated, particularly from her draw. She's a good mare uh, and with a good draw. So uh, the one is is my top pick, um, not with tremendous conviction, but confident enough that she will give a really good sight. And she offers that little bit of value at least each way. I, I think she's a terrific chance of running top three. Um, powder keg, ab- absolutely in the mix. Winning chance, my word. Um, uh, and, and it'd be good for the connections to see him back and winning form and probably good for the horse as well to just get that bit of confidence back um, because he is a good horse and look, he'd be a horse that would need to build up his rating profile again and uh, he would have the ability to mix it in an Inter-Dominion. He's always shown that. The other, Gunning was good first up. I think he can improve on that run. He can get out of the gate pretty quick. So too can Chief Running Cloud, who shouldn't be underestimated either at big odds. Kukulane, still that tough draw because he's second up, uh, but he can improve. And then the mayor's I'm a married jet. She's a pleasure back row. And who's the man? It wasn't a bad run last up, but he, he just disappointed me a little bit. Uh, however, here he's going to get a right run, uh, I would imagine, behind Sangreal. So... I've cast my net wide for my little fishing dinghy <laughs> and I've, uh, I've got one on top Sangreal from nine powder keg, five gunning and eight who's the man. But I'm respectful of every other horse uh, in that race. It'll be a leg that 
if taking an early quaddy, I could go narrow in one and then much wider in the other. Yeah, I think I'll be going relatively wide and um, <clears throat> the fisheries people have come on and inspected my fishing licence and they've docked my boat after the uh, comments about uh, paddock egg. Unfortunately, I won't be setting sail for the high seas uh, tomorrow night at Melton in race two. This is, uh, I'll tell you, there's a couple of things uh, worth, worthy of discussion here, I reckon. One of them, and we've mentioned it a couple of times over the journey or more recently, but the difference between a 70 to 85 race in square gating compared to pacing. So the national rating system, there is an argument that it's working quite well at a high level for the paces. For the trotters here, though, like you, you look at this race, Dan, and Sangreal's a group one winner. Kai Valley Clitchy's a group one winner. Powder Keg was fourth in the final of the Great Southern Star. So there's sort of nowhere to hide because a number of these quote-unquote second-tier Square Gators like Blue, Blue Coman and Gunning was a good run first up from a break and yeah. Chief Running Cloud. But they're, but they're having to take on, you know, well, group one winners. Mm. And and some of those horses, because they're uh, resilient, fit, experienced horses, they can race consistently and therefore they'll drop a point or two and all of a sudden they can be back in class. While horses that are progressive and winning and have decent form are rising up in class. So there's always a lot of depth in these sorts of races yeah. with experienced horses generally and that's what we've got here. Um, but the barrier draws... Probably even on that a little bit because uh, the higher assessed horses are drawn the back line. But just because they're drawn the back line doesn't mean they're more disadvantaged. Um, it's a it's a very uh, even field, I think. Um, uh, like you mentioned Chief Running Cloud. He, he's the stand start run. It was you know a decent win. You don't take much notice of. But his run last start was terrific in a was, good field. Yeah. So, and he's got gate speed as well. Um, could he lead? Gunning gets out. They might be more willing to uh, to to go forward on him. He's got natural. Uh, gate speed for a trotter, so he won't have to be pushed out to be right there. And Sangreal, um, probably better with a sit, do you think? Or, or do you reckon she's just going well enough that if she can lead, it's worth fighting for because she might be able to dictate? And, and let's face it, she is a pretty good mare. Well, I think, yeah, I think that what, for Sangreal, the, the key here is that uh, if she gets crossed by Chief Running Cloud, then there's probably another hand up coming. And that might even be the case with Gunning, and I'm not sure that that uh, JJ Keldo is going to want to be behind either of them. That's why it's very hard to work out. I think there will be an early burn here. How long it lasts, how destructive it is for those involved, I'm not 100% sure. But I thought there would be enough going on early that you'd get that lead time that might help Powder Keg. I've got to, I've got to rule out Powder Keg's last start run. So I've got him on top. I thought yeah. he was only okay, but that was Group 1 level Australasian Trotting Championship. The previous runs all felt like they were trending towards something, and this just seems that slightly easier assignment for him. So uh, I'm going with him, but I, again, as you said, Dan, without uh, any sort of any uh, courage of my convictions, really, because I, I, I don't think I'm going to be launching into powder keg, but I think that $2.90, I, look, I think it's about right personally from my perspective. I've got number 11 in for second. She's a pleasure right outside the draw, so has one of her um, critical weapons removed, and that's gate speed, but racing very well for uh, for David Akinson switching over. Sangreal in for third, certainly give her a massive chance. I was actually on her for something small at 30 or 40 to 1 when she did win that Breeders' Crown Group 1 as a juvenile, so she's got a very, very soft spot in my heart. And number seven, uh, Kukulane or Kukulane. Uh, I just wonder from that draw whether it's just one more run, but I really, really like the way he finished off first half from a break. 
And um, just knowing Snooze for those, I wonder whether he'll be just a touch conservative here and look at it, look at another assignment in a week or two and say, all right, we're cherry ripe. We've got a better draw. Now's our time to roll. But I'm including in this wider quality of ours, Dan. I'm a mouldy jet. I think definitely has to go in. And also, who's the man? Look, I, I could, if... If forced to, I could make a case for just about any of them. So yeah. don't be embarrassed if you have three different coddies. Uh, tier A, Tier B, and Tier C, just to make sure you don't have any tears streaming down your face after race two at Tabcorp Park tomorrow night. <laughs> Let's go for another break. Come back. We've got eight races to go. Dan Malecki joining me for the Friday Form Panel. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. A little bit of Chris Martin. Is that off the uh, the troll set? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it's Coldplay. Something just like this. Friday form panel. We're up to race three, the claimer. And uh, we often talk about the fact that we don't make um, we don't make legends of ourselves tipping them in the tomato sauce, Dan. But I'm very, very keen that if I'm going to play uh, a multi, which I don't like playing multis, but I'm going to play a couple tomorrow night that Mighty Flying Art must be included. I just think it looks totally his race. Yeah, I was sort of thinking to myself when I saw, um, or I did my form, um, and obviously before your price has come up as well, that uh, I might have found one here because um, I was thinking Soletic, as it was so short last start, would probably start off favourite and um, Mighty Flying Art might be that little bit of value, but it's not to be. Everyone else has found it too. Um, he... He does look well-placed, Mighty Flying Art. He's got gate speed. Um, I can – really, the only scenario I can see is him working to the top. Aussie Battler might head him off at the start, might not. But I'd say Aussie Battler at 22.40 would be inclined um, to take a trail uh, and Mighty Flying Art can dictate. He, he's going terrific. Coming out of strong races, ideally placed. He even looks attractive at the $30,000 for this yeah. top-end claiming yep. race. Yes. Um I wonder if it's a it's a nervous weight or not because um, he's a horse that uh, is 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 young enough. He's only six, and where he is at, he's competitive in in the stronger the free for all races, and I think he can win this race. Not not um, notwithstanding that Sir Ledic was just unbelievable two starts ago, and and last time it was just a snooze fest. They walked, uh, they crawled, they crawled. But I still thought he was disappointing. He was entitled to to zip home a little bit better. On the clock, the time says it was pretty quick, but he, he really didn't uh, go quicker than anything else that was there. In fact, if anything, they might have gone marginally faster than him over the last few hundred metres. A more genuine tempo would help. Mighty Flying Art, um, I'd say even if he did lead and dictate, he's not going to go as slowly as Aussie Battler would have over the short trip. I, I'm with you, Mighty Flying Art. Soletic, I thought, was the only possible danger to beat him, but he'll need that race run genuinely. And uh, and the other part, the harder part, was working out the um, trifecta spot. Sahara Sirocco, number seven, good first up, can improve off that, and and Sicario. So for me, it's three uh, from six, seven, and five. My number's exactly identical or totally identical, three, six, seven, and five. I'll talk about my thoughts on Mighty Flying Art when we come back, but put it this way. We did burning questions with Aaron Dunn and Clayton Tonk Tonkin yesterday, and even Tonky said, I've got one in the same race, but I'd be thinking just about the best in the program is Mighty Flying Art. So that tells you a story. Mm. $1.70, no great value, but I'll tell you what, 
What Dan outlined is the only question mark in the race. Will he lead outright or will he take over from the stable mate Aussie Battler at the start? Either way, he's going to find the front, and either way, I'm pretty sure he's going to win back soon. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. First half now done and dusted. We're into the 11 to 12 hour. This is where we really get into our work. And um, sad to hear about the, well, it was expected, I guess, but the retirement of Roger Federer. For those, if, if we were trying to compare, I'm thinking I'm thinking Gavin Lang. Um, Dan, just the, Federer's been overtaken in terms of the, uh, the most Grand Slam wins. Uh, and I know you're a... You're a you're a tennis fan, and I'm told a very very handy player at the same time. Um, but the elegance, um, the beauty for it. If any of us have ever picked up a racket and tried to emulate the very best way to play tennis, I think that you know that's Federer embodies that, personifies that, and probably if I was to make a comparison for those who don't know much about harness racing, I'm thinking maybe G Lang. Yeah, well, I think that's fair enough. He's very much a maestro, uh, Roger Federer. Uh, and pretty humble, uh, but classy as well, the way he went about his business. And, and Gavin's very much that way. He could do the things that uh, most people couldn't do, mere mortals uh, could not do. Uh, so I think uh, that is a fair enough comparison. And, and the longevity part of it as well is, is yeah. pretty important for any champion, isn't it? Um, we get the opportunity to see them for longer, and we've certainly been able to do that uh, with Roger Federer. Yeah, not, not like Joker just... Blunting the ball, but no, he's been a great champion as well. Right, race three. Uh, <laughs> I'm with uh, Mighty Flying Art. Yes, I think he's. I think he's moral. Um, really, I've just watched that. We've watched so many of these races now, and for whatever reason, there's probably you could probably go back and look through these claims, and they are slightly older horses most of the time, and they might have had a couple of injuries over the journey, and they've become go back horses at the start. But almost all of them restrain in these races all of the time. It is still stunning to me that Aussie Battlers won a couple of these races. So if Aussie Butler can mm. win them over a mile, then Mighty Flying Yard, um, sure as you like, should be winning over 2,240 metres. You've got Sicario, Soletic, Sahara, Sorocco, all likely to go back. Pocket the deal won't get involved. Finn Frost is a sit sprinter. Aussie Butler takes the trail. And the only thing, the only way Mighty Flying Yard possibly, although I don't think he's been pulling quite as hard of recent times, um, but the only way he brings the others into the race is if he himself gets overexcited, which is possible but unlikely, I think. So three on top mm. for me, same number, six, seven, and five. And, um, yeah, Soletic can fly home. Soletic could, I think, the thing is, he could get back to that run from a couple of starts back and, and absolutely obliterate the timepiece and maybe still not, probably still not run down. Um, mighty flying out on this occasion. We move on to one of the features, Dan, the Allied Express tailor-made Lombo at Group 3 level. I've got to tell you, I don't know whether I was tr- trying to talk myself into this situation, but... I did look at this race, and uh, we speak about the difference between 1,720 and 2,240 metres sometimes, and I just wondered whether Doug's babe in particular might have a go at, uh, at parking treachery over the short trip. Would it even matter if that did happen, though? That's a good point. Well, I think it could because treachery is uh, fresh, is first up from... Uh, a little bit of a break, hasn't had a lot of time off, but it's enough where she should be able to improve with the run. 
and it might be that little advantage that Doug's Bay needs because you go back to that race in May where Doug's Bay uh, led and, and Treachery drew the outside uh, barrier. And in the end, there was a nose in it, a nose. Treachery just got up on the line, but at that stage, Treachery... Uh, had had racing under her belt. So I think you can make a compelling case yeah. for Doug's Babe uh, to be able to eat treachery and add $1.22 at treachery. And, and I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to be that price because she's dominated the mayor's ranks over a period of time. The fact that she's fresh here and the possibility that she could end up without cover, I mean, she could blaze away, but the last time it happened in a similar race, Doug's Babe parked her um, and there was a nose in it. And I'll tell you what, the other thing, I, speaking with Clayton Tonkin on Burning Questions yesterday, I don't think they're going to blaze off the gate with Runaway Celebrity, who also has really good gate speed. But here's the scenario. Um, Doug's Babe leads Parks, Treachery. Runaway Celebrity has rolled forward at the start and is sitting 1-1 on both of them. Now, I, I think we're both in profound concurrence that early this preparation, and Clayton's the same, Emma would be the same, that Runaway Celebrity wasn't hitting the high notes. But... You always talk about that confidence-boosting win. She did have a win a couple of starts prior, but it wasn't a confidence booster. They put the race on for her last start, and I would imagine she ran through the line feeling like she was King Kong again because she just absolutely obliterated them. And I wonder in that scenario that we've just outlined whether she's not an even better winning chance maybe than Doug's Bay because she can sit there, maybe Treachery has to put the foot down at some point, and she can peel and roll feeling good about that last start win. Yeah, look, you can make a case that that could be, it could be the situation because treachery, if she does sit without cover, if she's just that little bit vulnerable, runaway celebrity's got that race fitness, the confidence is back, uh, and, and also the, the value in the $10 at the price. So uh, absolutely, uh, you can make a case for runaway celebrity. Uh, the other situation is, of course, Doug's Babe takes the trail, tries to out-sprint treachery. Uh, but under those circumstances, there's not really a death seat horse, is there? I mean, it yeah. might end up being a runaway celebrity, but they probably won't have to go that hard. It's a sprint home, and it's hard to imagine treachery being out sprinted. But so Doug's babe to be able to lead and and hold up, it is over the short. Um, Doug's babe might be a better chance. Uh, treachery might be more of a chance of being upset, and runaway celebrity comes into it as well. So that scenario. Probably makes it more attractive race. We can't dismiss the fact that Treachery can sit without cover and still win. But if she's going to be not so much half a run short, but she's going to improve a length or two with a run, I think that's natural to assume that'll be the case. She might just be vulnerable against, particularly against a horse like Doug's Babe. In a similar situation, last time they met, there was a pimple in it. So uh, with that in mind, um, Doug's Babe, runaway celebrity, six and a half and ten dollars. I think they look attractive. Well, they, they have to. And this is one thing, uh, uh, a little educational tool or something that everyone can do to, to come up with what they believe is the right price. If you've got two scenarios, so you've got treachery in front and, and not having to do a stack, a stack of work to get to the lead, and then you have a price there. Then you put a percentage chance of that happening. Then you think to yourself, well, what price is she if she's in the breeze and what's the chance of that happening? Now... This is hypothetical. This is not how people will see it, I don't think. But say it was 50-50 here. And you've got her at $1.20 if she's in front and more like um, $2 if she's outside the leader or even two twenty. Then you're looking at a situation where uh, she should be about dollar seventy or dollar eighty, if you know what I'm saying. This is why the $1.22. I don't think the $1.22 can hold up. 
you know, there's every chance you'll be calling the race tomorrow night. She'll find the front, she'll blaze away. But we're looking to try and work out the angles and whether the prices are right and whether we can get overs. I settled on six, seven, three and five. Are you tempted enough that you'll be willing to have a... Oh, sorry. No, I'm going seven, six, three and four, as a matter of fact. That was completely different numbers. Are you tempted enough at those prices that you will have a little bit on Doug's Babe and All Runaway Celebrity? Oh, look, I think so. I've mentioned to you many times before, I will do my form, I'll come up with my own prices, and you'll be similar. You you do your own prices, they're then published on the uh, the good form. Um, so you're not dealing, generally, you're not dealing with other markets. So you're, it, it doesn't uh, complicate or compromise the way that you're pricing horses. And I'm very same with you. Sometimes the first time I get to see the, the actual prices that are on offer, are a, a Friday morning um, coming generally from the TAB. So that can be um, out a fair way. Like I didn't rate Treachery as short. In fact, if I told you what price I rated her, I might have maybe got it wrong, but I had her at $1.70, which, which obviously sounds fairly attractive, doesn't it? So I'm not saying I necessarily got that part right, but I never considered her to be $1.22 when she's drawn seven coming back off, uh, off a break here. So I think, and you had $1.50 as well. So you, similarly inclined without having conviction about Doug's Babe and Runaway Celebrity as being the horses to win, but now looking at your Runaway Celebrity price, $3.50 and it's actually $10, um, you nearly get three fifty the place, wouldn't you? Well, this is this is the wildness here, and, and I'll be honest with you, Dan. Like sometimes I mark them a dollar fifty, and really in my mind I'm thinking they're probably a dollar thirty. But here, I mark treachery dollar fifty, thinking a dollar fifty was about the right price. Yeah. So I mean, even even maybe a touch longer. I don't think the dollar seventy. Yes, it does sound attractive, and people would um, Dan Bet would be going off. The dings would just be happening. <laughs> people would be having a crack. But to be honest. Even their head-to-head record, right, between Treachery and Runaway Celebrity, they've met five times. Treachery leads 3-2. This is not – these are not the stats that make up a $1.22 chance, in my opinion. And I think we'll get a little drift towards the the back. I don't know how far, but we will get something. Like, Mm. even if you like Treachery and and you don't like money much, I still wouldn't be having a bet now. Well, if she she got to drift out, and I, and I agree with you, she drifts out. Well, if she drifts out, something's got to firm up, yep. which means Doug's wave at six fifty and, and Runaway Celebrity at ten dollars, they're overs at the moment. All right, that was a good discussion uh, for a race with a dollar twenty two favourite. It, it doesn't get a lot better than that. I'll be honest with you, that was enjoyable. We'll come back and talk about the quaddy when we come back. This is the Friday form panel with Dan Malecki and Jay Bond. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Just a little peek behind the curtain here on the Friday Form Panel. I'm doing live reads, well, not live reads, but reads to be played out on commercials in between breaks and... Some of the copy is, um, uh, it, I, I don't normally get tongue twisted, but I have been like, right, let's get stuck into the quaddy race five. Dan Malecki and Jay Bond here joining you for the Friday form panel. We try to find winners for the Saturday night meeting, wherever it might be. Normally it's Abcourt Park, Melton. Now, Captain Belisario, this is interesting. Weirdly, it wasn't, even though I love this horse, he wasn't one that I thought, oh, I definitely want to launch into you. I thought they'd open him really, really short. 
And now mm. we're getting a dollar seventy-five, and all of a sudden I'm lured back into the Dragons' den here because I think uh, I think he's a horse who actually is better suited off a second-line draw and should, even though he was beaten by Cobble last start, should blow these away in my opinion, Dan. Yep, key I think is what you pointed out about the second-line draw. I think we won't have to worry as much about him pulling too hard. He was obviously just a bit too keen, too fresh. He didn't really stop though, but it was the reason why he didn't win. It was the reason why he just. Uh, ran out of gas in that last few metres. They still ran a very smart mile rate, 154.8, and that's over 22.40 metres, and Cobber uh, had the right run. And he's going to get the right run again, you'd think, Cobber. Um, he's obviously going well, and he's been in that scenario a few times, drawn barrier one, and he's going to be the obvious threat. But I, I agree with you. I think Captain Belisario is the better horse. He'll be better for that run, the second-line draw. Um, uh, will suit him, and, and I, I'd say he might even be able to settle and then Jack Law can make the move and he can just improve around the field to either go and sit without cover, I'm sure he's strong enough to do that, or um, maybe even tackle for the lead depending on how good a run the lead has had. Um, that's the part we need to po- uh, pick out who will be that leader. Will it be Cobber uh, or not? Uh, I'm not sure, but I thought there was only two primary winning chances, nine from one. And then all the others have got uh, place chances. Just for the record, my top four, nine, one, uh, eight is going well. And that's uh, Aussie Playboy is probably going to be in the right spot. So nine, one, eight and uh, and six there. But I agree with you uh, about uh, uh, Captain Belisario winning. Yet if you if you wanted to back Cobber, if you like Cobber, you can equally ma- make a, an equally strong case for him having beaten Captain Belisario last start and having as good a barrier draw. Well, I so that might be the weird thing. So Cobra, um, Cobra from behind the leader was uh, was really impressive, and even to be able to run the time one fifty four eight, that's a great performance. Um, we spoke about the uh, you know analogies between tennis players. Well, I wrote in the form comment, Cobra's a bit more Nick Kyrgios for mine though, a little bit more Nick Kyrgios. Occasionally, you see him come out and just uh, do something exceptional, and you think you're, he's a good horse. And then the next start, you'll see him go around and he'll be pretty plain. And I wonder whether this isn't a way better scenario for Captain Belisario, Dan, and a significantly worse one for Cobber, potentially, because I don't think Cobber's going to want to hand up to anything off the front row. And I wonder whether he's as effective when he's in front or compared to when he's following a helmet. So I think, ultimately, I reckon there's two bets in this race now. And there's the same race moldies that people play these days. Captain Belisario to win, Aussie Playboy, the drum, at $2.80 is succulent, in my opinion. So if Cobber does lead, Aussie Playboy's behind the leader. Aussie Playboy, I think, is racing, even though he's not winning. I reckon he's in career best form, and he's just going to get a suck run there. And if Captain Belisario, we see this scenario sometimes, don't we? And you would love calling it when this happens. When a really good horse back in the field takes off, and you think to yourself, well, that leader will kick on. But there's almost a psychological effect of getting blown on by by a really good horse. And I'm wondering, I can just see a scenario where Captain Belisario sweeps past Cobber and Cobber sort of ha- has a little think about it. And it even gives Aussie Playboy a chance to run past him and run second here, Dan. Yeah, look, that's, that's a decent case. The, the, the other scenario might be that Cobber leads early. And um, Captain Belisario balances up yep. a little bit quicker yes. and he whips on around and he goes to the front. Now, if that happens, it's still going to be a peg-dominated race, I would think, because who's your death seat horse there? Um, 
there probably isn't one, or, or if there is going to be one, they're probably going to be driven out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Notwithstanding, Ruby Wingate gets out of the gate pretty quickly and wouldn't shock me to have a, a throw a spanner in the works and attempt to cross Cobbett because she is going well, Ruby Wingate, and came out of the gate last week and then she sat behind Petty on and looked a really good chance of upsetting her. So I don't want to completely dismiss her. Uh, she is going well, but um, Cobber, that, that's the more likely scenario for me is Cobber tries to lead early, but Captain Belisario might whip around down the back straight at the 1600, 1400 and look for the top because I don't think uh, Cobber uh, would fight Captain Belisario under that situation because what could happen anyway is that if Captain Belisario goes past Cobber, he might start getting a little bit keen in front and that was the advantage that Cobber had to out-sprint him last time. So I'd say Ryan Sanderson might drive for that to happen if indeed um, that scenario pans out that way. But the, the, the only fly in the ointment, so to speak, could be Ruby Wingate because she, she got good gate speed and she might actually... Is she quicker than Cobber out of the gate? I don't, I don't think so. And I think the concern here is going to be out wide. So even... I know the form's not there, but even Blissful Lily's got gate speed. Monsieur Delacour uses it sometimes. Bet on the Tiger... The two wins we've seen in the last three starts have come when it's been in front. So I reckon there's going to be too much white noise and interference there for, uh, for Ruby Wingate to try and get across. And I wonder whether they just won't take a more conservative option, believing in that concept that if they do really spend all their nickels and, uh, and dimes early and pennies and farthings, that they, 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 won't get the, they won't get where they want to go. And then you maybe parked outside the leader and... It turns into an awkward situation. Whether something else is quick enough to, to pass Cobber, maybe, but I don't think so. And bet on the Tiger. This is why I think bet on the Tiger, even though I've marked him fourth pick, I think he's far too short at $5.50. Now, it's been wonderful to see those two wins at his last three starts, but critically, Dan, they have been in front. That That's exactly right. And look, he's got a bit of gate speed. He's still learning his craft and he's improving. And largely underestimating him because I didn't have him anywhere near uh, that sort of price. No. I just thought he, he would uh, could, could run well, but I didn't see him as being a winning chance. So, But he is going well. Maybe I am underestimating him. His form probably is showing that he's, uh, he's going well. But it is a big step up, up, up in class to my eye. I think part of it... So Jack Law came on Burning Questions a few weeks back um, before that win, three starts ago, and said he thought Bet on the Tiger could be... a. Uh, would end up being a, an open class horse or, you know, a problem metropolitan open class horse going forward. And I reckon it's resonating in people's ears and they've seen the two wins now and and think, geez, how good are you? But I'm with you. I think it's a big step up in grade. I, I do have an opinion of the mayor, uh, the filly that she beat last time out in uh, in Beach Memories, but again, was able to find mm. the front there. Don't think it happens. Don't think it happens on this occasion. Now, this has made me extremely sick. I hadn't had a look at race six. I'm, I'm violently ill because I thought I'd found love in a Chevy, my old mate. Uh, we roomed together in college, and um, and we uh, we took our first job together, loving a Chevy and all. We've been great mates, and I thought to myself, oh, I want to get involved here. I reckon this might be a race, and they've given me nothing to work with from a price perspective, Dan. Nothing. This is a, a tricky race. Uh, similar to you, I, look, I it's almost like a group selection I would like to have here, and there's probably no value in that. Um, and trying to look at scenarios, loving a Chevy's got a good gate for a change. He hasn't had a lot of luck. Easy to make a case for him, um, and he's got gate speed, and especially it's over the short trip as well. So 
he's tough enough that he, he could hold up early. Um, love the way Cosimo's going. I think we both do. Kaki Nui, loving a Chevy, is going to hold up. Kaki Nui is going to get its chance. It's going to get the right run. It's Ahara Tiger. Uh, the other one that I've put in, so 1839 uh, were my numbers here, but um, it, it's it's not a big feel. It's still a challenging race, and loving a Chevy. Look, you can still back him each way at that sort of price. It's a good race for him, but you could probably say that about most of them. Uh, I thought Make Way being first up had room to be able to improve. It's had a long gap, obviously, it's had some uh, problems. Western Sonyador, um, I was sticking up for him, uh, thinking that he had room to improve. Don't know now, jury out now, but mm. it's a race where he could be competitive and effective. Um, tough race, tough race. I'm not sure if I've got it right, but 1839 for me. 1839. Now, I hadn't really even thought about this, but it's just popped into my mind. Because because Western Sonyadori is $17, is he a miler? Because when I went back through his, many of his best runs, including qualification races for Miracle Miles and Newcastle Miles and all the rest of it, maybe his best runs have been over the the short trip. Well, like, I, don't, actually, I don't think he's going well at all, and yet... I'm tempted to have a small bet on him in the race at $17. I mean, on absolute ability and where they've been and what their peak is, what their uh, what their pinnacle performance has been, well, he's the best horse in the race, isn't he? Well. Isn't he? From what, what century? Yeah, I, know, I, th- I think it was it was just before um, Lincoln abolished Slate. No, th- yeah, it was around, it was a long time ago. But it's just seventeen. Like I haven't got him in my top four. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it just seems unusual. And maybe, maybe I could make that case. I'm still going with loving a Chevy, but I'm just, I'm horrified by the price because you're talking about a horse. He doesn't use his gate speed often. When he does use it, it's, it's very, very, very considered. Um, the only scenario here, I think, in terms with Major Meister out. Uh, I think the only one that's got a genuine chance of getting across it at the start is Hugo Rocks, and that would make life very interesting because Hugo Rocks is a significant... Even though he's racing really well at the moment, his record when he leads is uh, is outstanding. So if you think that can happen, then Hugo Rocks goes well into the mix. But loving a Chevy, the, the, the beauty when you draw one and you've got gate speed, Dan, is generally you're going to you're gonna end up in a good spot one way or t'other. If he leads and he's up... The only way it doesn't work out for Love and Chevy here is if he if he works really hard and has to battle for the front and then something comes and attacks him again straight away. But he's likely to be in front and getting a relatively cruisy run over 17.20 or taking a trail on an appropriate rival. Cosimo, um, yes, flying. Want to back him. I know he's your love child, but I've moved in as well. <laughs> I've, I've just moved into the back room because I love Cosimo now. He just does not know how to run a bad race. I thought he was... So everyone saw the run of Rick Riley last time, but Cosimo was uh, a little bit similar to Major Delico. I mean, it was just just went over the line again, just mm. with so much conserved energy. Yeah, look, he he does, and look, he he backs that up. He, he's he's quite genuine. There's been uh, races where he has been. Uh, void of, of luck, uh, but he's racing consistently at this level. Um, sometimes they don't even have to go fast and he can still reel off a fast enough quarter. He often draws bad and he can still be in the finish at good odds and always can make a case for Cosimo. But this is the sort of race where you can make a case for nearly yeah. all of them. Yes. Um, and even Western Sonia, as much as I was a little dismissive, he hasn't won for 20 starts. The Gamma Light free-for-all last year and he beat horses like Torrid Saint and Better Be the Bomb and he started at $2.20 favourite. So... 
Um, and that was only 12 months ago. It wasn't a century ago. Obviously, I had uh, tongue-in-cheek there. But um, he, uh, I, I couldn't be dismissive of him, but we do need to see something better from from him. Sahara Tiger was terrific last week. I like the way that he went. And um, and look, is Kaki Nui over the odds here? If, um, if Lovin' Chevy is going to hold up and won, will Kaki Nui hold up leaders back? And, and if he does, he's got to be a tremendous... Tremendous chance. There's a lot of blue and white in this race. Loving a Chevy blue and white. Hugo Rocks blue and white. Cosimo, Rick Riley, uh, and Kaki Nui. Um, and that's notwithstanding, is uh, Greg Sugars or Chris Alpha got those uh, prostate cancer colours on, which are blue and white as well. Mm. Can be challenging at times, but um, there's a number of uh, Douglas runners. Yeah, look. It's a good race, actually. It, it is a good race, and it should be a good betting race. And um, I can see why Love and Chevy's favourite, probably because the barrier draw is the most uh, is the key aspect uh, at this stage. But even make way, like what price do you reckon make way is without looking at the tote screen, tab screen, or whatever screen you're looking at? Um, I was a bit dismissive of him uh, simply because he'd had so much time off the scene. But he is. Second favourite at $5, Jase. Well, he, he trialled sensationally in preparation for his return as well. And we know what a good horse he is when he's right. Sahara Tiger, um, I, I think it might be the value in the race. Now, the only little thing I'll say as we head off to the news with Kaki Nui is I wonder, he's not quite in the, he's sort of in the Western Sonia door category at the moment. I'll be very inter- interested to see if he does sit in behind the leader and he gets a chance, whether he actually takes it. Because I don't, I'm wondering whether psychologically he's in that space at the moment where he's savaging the line but we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow night one three nine and two find out what's happening in the world with the news back to talk about the tab gamma light free for all in just a moment welcome back to the friday form panel on sen track text us on 0499 736 736 There's like Carlos and Tanner and somebody. Anyway, um, we move forward. We've still got three races to get through, and we've got enough time, and then we'll get to our best bets and value selections as William heads off with a few of my blazers, uh, and ho- hopefully he'll find the right combination there for the Heath on Saturday. He's heading off to Caulfield. Great man. Right, we move on. Race seven. This is the Tab Gamble Light free-for-all feature uh, pacing event of the night, and... Jeez, I, I, I almost, I'm going to clear the decks and stay right out of the forward line here. Pagan's Paddock for you, Dan Malecki, because I want your opinion on I, like, every aspect of this race, please. It's a free-for-all, the Gamalite free-for-all. So we're talking about top-class paces. Not one horse in the race is a last start winner. Only one horse in the race has been placed at their last start and their first up. I mean, this is challenging. Lock and Varart of probably the worst run of his career and, and, and maybe the same for copy that, not without some reasons why that was the case, and Bondi Lockdown's first up. Now, they're clearly the best three horses in the race. Which order you put them in, that's um, that's up to uh, uh, the, the eye of the beholder to, to work them out the, themselves. But it's such a challenging race. Initially, when I looked at it, I thought, how are we going to work this out? Can you trust Lock and Varart? Can you trust Copy That? And, um, and is Bondi Lockdown, who I think you can trust, but is he forward enough? All of them can be improving with the run. Then I started looking at, is Crime Rider going to be in the right spot? Can Huli Nien get the right run? Um, so I'm trying to factor in other horses here and not just be um, uh, narrowing in on the three big names. I think the key is the barrier draw is an advantage for Lock and Varart. 
and I think he'll work his way to the top. I don't think he has to work that hard to get there. Um, Bondi lockdown to charge off the gate first up. Uh, there's bigger things down the track. You wouldn't want uh, to upset that. Copy that gets an opportunity to settle, whether it's just a sit sprint home. He needs, and, and look, he might be capable of doing that if they're not going that hard. He could make a move mid-race. You'll want to be finding the line with copy that. All three horses have got boxes that they need to tick to show that they're back on track, not just to the racing public, but to their own connections. Lock and Var Art, um, if you said, Dan, 100, back one horse, who's it going to be? It'd be a very challenging situation to to just go all in. But I have to tip Artie because I think he'll lead. And if he's in front in a race like this and gets beaten, he'd have to be very disappointing to be overrun. But where's he at? That's the key, isn't it? Um, I think they've got to make use of the good gate. Not necessarily blast off the gate. There's enough respect there from Yahuli Nien, who's... Personally, I think he's better over the 1,700. He was terrific first up, but he's much sharper at the 17. So with a good draw and a set at 22, um, he could be Johnny on the spot and be a really good chance of, uh, of an upset. But five Lock and Varart, eight copy that, seven Bondi Lockdown, and then I've thrown in number one Crime, crime Rider. But, uh, sorry, number two, Huli Nien for fourth. So that's uh, five, eight, seven, two. I don't know that I've got it right. Um, do you forgive Lock and Varart for last start? Is it forgivable? Um, is the pain still so obvious uh, that we can't forgive? I don't know. And the same with copy that. But I've got to pick something. You've made me pick something. Five, eight, seven, and and two. The barrier draw is the key here. If Lock and Varart drew the back line, I think it would be a different scenario. Maybe he could still win, but... Is Artie still the Artie that we know and, and we love? And it's easy to say we'll find out at 8.42 tomorrow night. Um, I hope he is. I, I think I think everybody hopes that the Artie party uh, relaunches uh, tomorrow night. Or, or the overwhelming majority, I mean, there'll be people punting in the race, but it's a little bit like when uh, Roger Federer played. I think if you, weren't, if you weren't invested with an Australian or you hadn't had a bet on the match, you wanted Federer to win. Um, and I think mm. everyone wants champions to do champion things. That's a very natural, organic state of mind. I I just look at this race and I say, well, Bondi Lockdown, you're fresh, um, but you've actually done nothing wrong. Lock and Varad, yes, that was a respiratory infection. And speaking with Kevin Gordon earlier in the week, he suggested, or yesterday, he suggested, well, um, after the race, the vets basically said, you know, it's unbelievable that he even went around. So... Um, so clogged up were the uh, were the lungs, and then copy that. Copy that's the one. I, I really, really good horses, and I spoke about this with Ray Green yesterday. Very good horses psychologically overcome difficult situations and move through them. Ordinary horses don't. Same with great athletes and ordinary athletes. But that run seven days ago, second up from a break from copy that. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. It's going to be. I think in seven days it's going to be extremely hard to bounce back from. I think you'll get, a, you know, he's going to get a much easier trip here. I think he can rush home and sort of get some confidence back and get some mojo and some rhythm back, but I don't think he'll win really. Um, I worry for Lock and Varart, and I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. Aaron Dunn, I think there is a chance that he will launch at the start. I think pound for pound when it comes to gate speed, Bondi Lockdown has slightly more than Lock and Varart, and I get the feeling that 
while we know that there's little crosses against Artie and copy that at the moment, Bondi lockdown is fresh, but Aaron Dunn's talking like he's, uh, he's nearly 100% screwed down. And I just wonder, if you go back um, to his performance in the Chariots of Fire, you just think to yourself, well, is he not, not maybe just the best horse out of these going around at the moment, with all due respect to the champion deeds in the past of Lock and Barard? So Bondi lockdown on top for me, and clearly so. Over, uh, um, over Lock and Varart and copy that. But the other one I want to bet on in the race, and I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely sick for him, and I'm glad to hear are you giving him some sort of chance, even though you are committed to the concept that he's better over the short. I think Julian can definitely, absolutely win this race. So Bondi lockdown, I'll be backing straight out probably, and then one by three on Julian, but for a decent amount. He's 34 now. I reckon he'll drift back out to $51 somewhere. And just have a go because he has got the speed. If he's sitting 1-1, which I reckon he will be, and they attack each other even for a few hundred metres, he's got push-button speed and I reckon he can run past them. That's our analysis of the Gamlight Free-for-All. My number's uh, 7, 5, 8 and 2. And it's 5, 7, 8 and 2 from Dan Malecki. He's with Artie. I'm with Bondi. We'll find out tomorrow night. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 I don't understand. Sometimes I watch the races and I don't understand what I've seen. And I feel a bit broken. Sometimes. <laughs> and broke then. But, um... This is why you always say don't bet the house. Always make sure there's a toilet or a bathroom or a back room or an attic or something left behind. Um, I'll tell you what, I am tempted to have the whole thing in this Argent three-year-old classic, though. Um, I'm, am I getting too obsessed by the draws? Am I getting too obsessed by what I saw in the Queensland Oaks? They're 215 each of two Soho, Historia and Amore Vita. I know you're a great lover of Amore Vita, but I'm with Historia here. Which way are you going? Yeah, I must admit, to be fair, um, I'm welcoming you to challenge me here that it could be my head, uh, my heart overruling my head. Um, Soho's story is phenomenal. The the rise to success and the way she, she beat Amore Vita last start. I, I, I thought Amore Vita was below where her best... Uh, I thought where her best was at. I thought she was... Her two runs at Albion Park were a couple of lengths below... But I won't take anything away from Soho Historia because she's got gate speed, she's got strength. She did it from well behind last start and finished with uh, with quite a rush. They're both fresh, though. Um, so how far screwed down are they um, for one to have an advantage over the other as far as fitness is concerned? Look, as good as Soho Historia is, there's no ceiling with her yet. She's still rising. Um, but I still think Amore Vita's best is better than the best I've seen of Soho Historia, although that gap is closed. Again, I'm willing to put my hand up here uh, and say it could be my heart over my head because I do have so much time for Amore Vita. Uh, I'm getting a lot of respect for Soho Historia. I'm going for seven from six, but really, um, if you're keen on the six, you can thank me because people like me are making sure Amore Vita's in the market, which gives you better value about Soho Historia. So keep that part in mind. I think it's a match in two. Beach Life and, and Elegant have got place chances. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in terms of uh, third and fourth. So Beach Life didn't troll spectacularly, but looks the first one across the pegs. And 
Look, this is the way it should work. Soho Historia, I did miss this opening price of two sixty. Uh, it should just work to the top. Now, everything you've said, I think is 100%, well, it is totally accurate. Amore Vita, its best is so far better than Soho Historia's best. Uh, Amore Vita's best is quite phenomenal, quite freakish. Um, and I even go back to Hunter Cup Night where uh, many of us on the panel when we're on racing.com, felt that the scenario, very very similar to this, the scenario suited Just Hope to such a degree that Amore Vita couldn't win. Now, the scenario mm. played out. Just Hope led. Just Hope kicked. Just Hope exploded. And Amore Vita just produced something quite miraculous to win. Now, if she's in that mood, and I agree with you as well, and Clayton Tonkin even mentioned this up in Queensland, that she wasn't quite, he felt even looking at her, that she wasn't quite at her absolute best. At her miraculous, phenomenal, freakish best, she'll probably win the race. But Soho Astoria, I think critically what you mentioned about the fact we actually don't know how good she is. So while she might still might not be as good as Amore Vita, she might be so good that if she does lead and Amore Vita has to go back and work around and park outside, that even if Amore Vita, Vita is a three or four metre better horse then under those circumstances, that doesn't guarantee you're going to run past Soho Historia because Soho Historia, who knows? She's very versatile. She's a, a really lovely cut of a filly. I've got her on. I think she'll be winning. And I um, I don't blame you for going hard overhead, Dan, because I've done it plenty of times myself. But I'm with uh, six over seven, three and five. And before we go to the final break and come back with our best bets, final event in the program, this is the one that Shady has should be in. It's at $2.80. The, the runner that I was really interested in to see what sort of flux we'd get early is the now Freddie Tabor trained Sarah Ann, who's been six fifty into five. But I'm keeping I'm keeping that price monitored over the next twenty four hours or so, Dan. Okay, well I'll uh, give you my tips, and you can explain why Sarah Ann is in your calculations. Um, I found Mustang at a bit of odds, number three. I, I look just the barrier draw suits sort of horse that can be up on speed. Tough race initially. Shady Az is going to be very hard to beat. Doesn't win out of turn, but it's the right race, like you said. Uh, my tips there are 3, 10, uh, 6 over the odds. and It was good last week and two night school. So 3, 10, 6, 2 in the last. Each way, Mustang, value play. Um, why do we keep uh, an eye on Sarah Ann? You're just talking betting fluctuations-wise because she looks like she's been kept safe enough. Well, it's, it's just first up with Freddie Tabor, Sushi Sushi fame. And even though it wasn't, it wasn't much of a race, did go 55-3 over the middle trip with Blake Jones driving it uh, at its last start up in the River Arena. So I'm just wondering, they haven't trialled it. It's had a spell. And um, you, I, I just want to keep, for a variety of reasons, I just want to keep an eye on the uh, on the price. But I'm pretty strongly with Shady as I'm going 10, 2, 8, and 3. I thought the night school looked the leader and from in front could be, uh, could be very hard to beat. Um, Sarah Ann, I've already mentioned. And I'm with you. I think Mustang's definitely going well enough. And at $11 is a little bit attractive. I do wonder again whether Mustang is another one that's slightly more effective over short trips. But actually looking at the um, looking at the distance rating, maybe that's not the case. So I'm going 10, 2, 8, and 3. Back in a moment, Dan Malecki, the legend, and J-Bon, myself, me, me, myself, and I, with our best bets at the back end of this edition of the Friday Form Panel. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499-736-736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Another big day coming up on SEN Track, but before we get there, 
Dan Malicki and I need to give you our best. Now, what you've done for me, Dan, you've fortified my, my faith in Major Delico, so now I'll be having a bet in that race. And you've also, in a weird way, I thought that I might be hanging out on a ledge by sort of questioning treachery a little bit, and you've helped me out there, but I need to know what, what your best and your best value are for this program tomorrow night at Hedge Cordless. Uh, best uh, each way, I'm, I'm keen Major Delico in the first, so race one, number two, happy enough to make him my best bet um, because a few of the others were like a mighty flying art, Captain Belisario, just that $1.70 mark where I reckon the right play might be take it all up, take a double and all up, $1.70 uh, odd uh, mighty flying art, $1.75 odd uh, Captain Belisario. If you use a boost, uh, an accelerator or whatever they call it, the different <laughs> places... <laughs> Uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. You'll get better than $3. So I reckon that doesn't sound uh, too bad, does it? $3 for the double, Captain Belisario, and Mighty Flying Art. Nims is in here pressing some buttons here. It always, always concerns me when buttons get pressed. I'm not much of a button presser myself. Right. Um, I am having my... So I hate multis. I've already mentioned it a million times on this, this very platform. But I reckon Mighty Flying Art wins. I reckon Captain Belisario wins. And I think... That Soho Historia wins. I reckon if you have a little multi with the three of them, it's all of a sudden going to look a lot better than you might expect. Major Delico, you've talked me into 100%. Yes. I think Aussie Playboy, a place, is the best place bit of the night at $2.80. I can't work out a scenario where he won't be there. And my miracle, I don't normally do this, Dan, where you, so you can walk away and they cheer you out of Tabcourt Park Mountain <laughs> because you're such a legend. I don't tip... Horses at long prices, unless I really believe in it. But I just sense, and I like the fact that you've been willing to steer away from the three big guns for a variety of reasons in the Gamelite, because I just sense, and I reckon you do too, even though you like him more at a mile, that under the right circumstances, we could have not quite dandy Andy level, but a blowout here, and it might come from who in the end. Yeah, I love your thinking. And I look, I, I'm not ruling out that as a scenario. It's not the most likely scenario, but if Lock and Varro Art's short, Bondi Lockdown needing the run, copy that short, something else has to win. We're going to have loads of fun tomorrow night on Trot's Vision as well. I think I'll be on winners tomorrow trying to find you some winners as well. But uh, you and I and Kirsten Graham and a variety of guests as always. And every single week, now that spring has sprung, it gets more exciting, doesn't it, Dan? Because we know we're leading up to the big stuff, the Victoria Cup and beyond mm. that, the Inter-Dominion Series. Yeah, a few weeks away, heats of the Oaks, heats of the Derby, the smoking up sprint. Kilmore Cups next week. It's all happening a big month ahead. You're a legend, mate. Thanks for joining me once more. My pleasure, Jace. Friday, form panel done and dusted. Big day coming up on SEN track. But for now, au revoir. And don't forget, for those who didn't hear last night, that's four straight Thursday night wins and the lids fly to me. I'm, 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 I'm here to create history and we're record-breaking right now. God bless you all.